What's going on, everybody? It is your boy, Dylan Matthews, alongside the man, the myth, the legend himself, Bo Morgan, and we are Peachtree Football. Make sure you guys like this podcast, download the podcast, subscribe to Peachtree Football wherever you get your podcast. That is on Apple Podcasts, that is on Spotify, that's on the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast, Peachtree Football is there. This is a special Black Friday edition of Peachtree Football. I mean, if you guys are out in the malls right now, you should be listening to us. You know, we're, we're going to give you a little bit of, of calm during your hectic shopping out there during Black Friday. If you're in the car on the way to, you know, Walmart or the mall or Best Buy or Brands Mart USA or wherever you're going to Black Friday shop, just have us in the car with you and we'll, we'll get you ready for all your Black Friday shopping. We don't know any deals, but we'll, we'll give you the deal on the Falcons and the Commanders. So first things first, Today is Black Friday, which means yesterday was Thanksgiving. Bo Morgan, a.k.a. Squid Billy. How was your Thanksgiving, bro? Uh, ate too much um, <laughs> and was able to get around and, you know, no drama, no anything. So it was good. You know, that's always the deal with, you know, when you get you traveling around for holidays with, you know, extra police on the road giving tickets because I like to yes. sometimes uptick and you know you're rushing around and, mm-hmm. and then you got you know just family every time you know normally you get a, you get a bunch of family in, in the room and sometimes no uh no punches are, are held so uh that you know everybody made it through all that so it was good man I'm here on a Friday morning just got some cardio in nice. uh worked off a little bit of the turkey and ham and mainly mac and cheese that uh the and then a few chocolate covered almonds in the the, the nightcap so just working all that off and ready to go my brand how, how about you you guys have a good trip oh yeah we had a good trip and and by the way i have to say i also love char- chocolate covered almonds so that that's a good pull right there by you it was a good choice well Anywho. if you love if you love chocolate covered almonds pro tip get mm-hmm. over to a Lowe's, a slows get over to a costco or sam's club okay. and they have a giant bottle of chocolate uh, uh or, or tub uh, it's not huge but it's you know, it's like, uh, let's see, it's probably a, I don't know how to explain on the screen because yeah. you can't see, but it's like, yeah, that's probably like that tall. Oh, that's a, like, that's a wide, it's round, it's oval. That's they pack in the chocolate covered almonds, man. Okay, there you go. Um, I'm going to have to run over there. I, 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 for a while, thought Costco's were better. Mm, okay. I think they're the same thing. They probably come from the same place, to be honest with you. But, um, <laughs> I, you know, we, uh, we only have Sam's Club now. And so we used to have yeah. both at one point and uh, they're both good. Um, and, uh, you know, I, so I, so I had a few of those as well. So, uh, yeah, man, we're good to go. I'm glad you guys are. Yeah, we were good. Uh, I appreciate the pro tip too, by the way, I'm chocolate, chocolate covered almonds, but yeah, no, we, we were good. So we went to Greensboro, North Carolina to Simone's house on, uh, we left Tuesday morning. We spent Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday morning there. We left, uh, Thanksgiving day around 9am and it, luckily there was no traffic. Like you said, just extra police out trying to catch people speeding. But um, no, we made an easy trip back, and then we went straight to my sister's house, and uh, my my dad my my dad was over there, my uh, my brother, and uh, a couple of my uh, my nephew, uh, a couple of my nieces were there. Um, so it it was good. We had a good time over there. My brother's uh, my sister's husband, I should say. We watched football, and I uh, spent a little time over there. Then we were over there for probably about three hours, and then we went to my mom's house. And then my other brother on my mom's side and uh, his son, so my other nephew, um, were over there. We, we played card games and we ate ate some more. So I, I'm just all sorts of stuffed right now. Got all sorts of leftovers, so it's all good. But no, it was a good time. I'm glad you had a Thanksgiving, a good Thanksgiving, and uh, hopefully 
everybody listening to this had a great Thanksgiving as well. But Bo, let's continue a Thanksgiving tradition and, and a Black Friday tradition. Let's get into some football talk because we do have a big game coming up here on Sunday between the Falcons and the Commanders. We're going to start things off by giving some matchups to watch. So Squid Billy, what's a matchup you're looking out for, my friend? I love how you make me go first. Um, <laughs> look, uh, personally, I, I you know I, I've thought about this a little bit, and not a lot at the same time. Um, but something that <laughs> popped out in my head, I want to go different. Uh, I think I've done this maybe once in our time together, but mm-hmm. you know, this is these are two. Uh, there, there's two co- there's two coordinators going at it in this week's game mm-hmm. that I find kind of interesting. Okay. And that is, um, while Dave Ragone is the offensive coordinator for our Atlanta Falcons, yeah, Arthur Smith is is also a huge part of the game plan, but he's also the play caller. Correct. And and I, I don't want to take anything away from Dave Ragone. Right. That being said, I've been looking at this, and this is a Washington defense that's a little bit middle of the road um, mm-hmm. in some stats, but where it matters – in total defense, they're the sixth-ranked defense in the NFL, and that mm. goes with total yardage. They're right. only allowing a little over 300 a game. Um, they're the 12th-ranked scoring defense, but they're the sixth-ranked running defense because they've got some space eaters in Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen in the middle of that defense yeah. and anchored on the ends up front with Montez Sweat, kid out of Georgia. Yep. Uh not the university, but the state. Uh, yeah. He played high school ball here. And now he plays. He went to Mississippi State. Was a good player coming out. Guy we thought we might get. Guy that kind of wanted to come here, but he ended up going uh, late in the draft, later than I thought he might have went to to Washington. And yeah. then you've got Chase Young, who's the um, second overall pick in in 2020, and was uh, far and away the best pass rusher in that draft when he when when he was you know at the time. Yep. Um, he's had you know, he's he's only had nine sacks. Um, now, he's only played a year and a half. He missed half of last year. I think he tore his ACL last year against us, yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah. It might have oh, been the yeah. week after, but I, I thought it was against us. And, 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 and I'll double-check that here in a sec when I know you give your matchup just to yeah. make sure I'm right. But I'm pretty sure it was against us. He hasn't played all year. He's coming back from that. Yeah. And so you've got some guy, you're, you're, you're trying to plug in Chase Young. So Jack Del Rio's got to find a way to kind of Mix him in, but not overuse him. Right. But that front four, that's going to be interesting. And this is, you know, this is a run defense. You want to run. They're one of the best in the, in the league against the run. And we're one of the best in the league. We're third running the ball. So how Arthur Smith gets creative to kind of neutralize that front four, maybe get to, maybe get some plays at the edge, maybe mm-hmm. work in some tempo to get a certain package in where you can throw a little bit to kind of set up the run in some ways. Uh, also, you know, they're probably like a lot of teams have this year, and I don't see them any different. Come in, let's stack that box a little bit and see what you got, how you counter that. That's another thing. How is how is Arthur going to um, deal with that? And we've seen it in the past. The Chargers did that at one time. I just – my main thing is I want to see how, you know, Chuma Idoga was played – started last week at guard. Yeah. He's been on the injury report. Um, in fact, if I'm not mistaken – off yesterday's injury report, I've got it right here. He did not – he had limited participation um, Ooh, in okay. both both days yeah. with a knee. So, look, a lot of times 
You've heard me say this on Dukes and Bell and on this podcast. Today is the day. Today is Friday. Today's the day. Let's pay attention to that report. Today, mm-hmm. what he did, I, I think limited participation uh, and, and in some ways with him means he's just a guy that they're trying to rest and, and get going. So I expect him to be fine and play. But just how Arthur and Jack Del Rio match up, to me, that's the matchup, how they counter each other. Who comes out, lands the first blow, and then how does that other person uh, make a mid-game adjustment, maybe mid-quarter, maybe mid-first half. Maybe, you know, then they'll obviously yeah, – one thing we ne- we always talk about, we never really talk about, don't give it the credence, is how these coaches m- basically go blow for blow in some of these games. Yeah. You know, at, uh, we've all, one of the things that I, I think you can't overstate is styles make fights. Is yeah. this a fight that we're set up to win, or is that front four going to neutralize what we do best? Is their style completely – uh, negate what we want to do and how Arthur adjusts to that and vice versa. So to me, that's the matchup I'm looking for um, first and foremost Sunday afternoon at one o'clock. And that is a great point because you're right. The chess game that goes on between coaches and coordinators on the opposing teams is key. The adjustments each coach makes to adjust to the adjustments that the other coach is making. I mean, it is key to how a football game turns out and how a football game piece going because usually, you know, it's always a thing where the first, what, like 15 plays or so are, are scripted. But then after that, it's all about adjustments. You know, what, 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 you know, what adjustments is the defense making for the, the opposing offense and et cetera. And so, and vice versa. So no, that, that is a key because adjust, uh, adjustments is a huge part of this league because usually you're going to have to tweak something. Usually you're going to have to change something. So that's a huge key right there. And I'm glad you brought that up. I'm going to continue on your point that you were making about, you know, this front four, because this front four is something serious because Jonathan uh, Allen had two sacks last week in the commanders went over the Texans. So he tied the league lead for his other Alabama um, brethren, Deron Payne with six and a half. So both Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne have six and a half sacks. You mentioned Montez Sweat and Chase Young coming back as well. He's going to be working in the mix a little bit. This is a line. This is a front four that can get after you. Not only get after the quarterback, but they can make some plays behind the line of scrimmage in the run game as well. So while you 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 went, uh, you kicked it a little uh, a non-basic. I'm going to kick it a little basic here. And I'm going to say this is just going to be a big old slug fight between the big uglies. And I'm really watching because, I mean, every game comes down to, you know, the play in the trenches. You can say that about every game. But this game in particular, if the Atlanta Falcons, because they've done a great job of establishing the run, in my opinion, no matter what. You know, and some games it's been more explosive than others, obviously. But more times than not, the Falcons are going to get some run game going and they're going to get their run, their rushing numbers. However, a lot of times our games, you know, our wins and losses, they've come between uh, they've they've been decided by how well can the offensive line pass protect? Can they give Marcus Mariota enough time to make the throws he needs to to make the plays he needs to with his arm? Last week, they did that. Can they do it this week against a front four? That is honestly a good bit better than that Chicago Bears front four. No disrespect to Chicago Bears, but. This is a front four that's that's pretty talented. So, you know, how do you limit Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, Chase Young, and everybody else that's going to be coming in that uh, defensive line and trying to come after and sag Marcus Mariota? That's going to be key for me. So 
this defensive line versus this uh, Falcons offensive line is going to be my first matchup. Um, so I'm going to kick a little basic with the first one. I'll get a little special for the, for the next one. But first and foremost, this Falcons offensive line has to be able to pass protect. And if they can't, it's going to be a long day for the Falcons. Well, I want to hear your second one. But before, you know, the thing yeah. that, 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 that I always kind of laugh about is, you know, we, we, we've talked now, we've talked about these three guys, Sweat, mm-hmm. Allen, and Payne. They all have um, six sacks this season. Yeah. Um, now, Payne and, and Allen have six and a half. Right. Now, the special thing about this team is they have all three on that off on that defensive line. Grady Jarrett has five and a half himself. He should have six and a half because yeah. one was taken away from him. Most and, I, and, I, and, I, and I look at these guys and we talk about how great they are, and they are good players, all good players. Yeah. But we never hear – we don't hear Grady's name talked about nationally. Like you hear You're about right. Ron Payne and Jonathan Allen and Montez Sweat. Mm-hmm. I hope in Washington right now there's the, the Washington fo- – by the way, I don't. I'm not going to call him the old name, but I sure as hell ain't going to call him that new name either. It, it, to me, that's a stupid name. They're they're the. I, I think they're the Washington Football Team. That's what I'm going to call them. As stupid as that name is, it ain't as dumb as that other name. Um, and so, to me, I hope right now somebody on radio or a podcast or whatever the hell they're doing is talking about Grady Jarrett the way we're. Yeah. They're shaking in their boots about Grady Jarrett because. Because ye shall not pass is going to come in there and wreak havoc. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this offensive line that they got, this team, this offense that, you know, everybody's scared of Taylor Heineke because he's playing pretty well. And this team's playing pretty well. They're coming off two straight. They uh, beat up the lowly Texans, but they also got a really good win against what uh, has been basically consistently the best team in the NFL at this point in, in yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah. This offense is middle of the road, man. And, and 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 there's they they, they they they're, they're middle of the road and run with 16th rush rate uh, ranked offense and they're 21st in pass and you know to me I look at the the, the, the probably the best player uh, maybe maybe Norwell and, and Trey Turner in the middle there the guards position other than that this offensive line isn't good. this offense hmm. you know, Brian Robbins is the guy that's that's just being integrated into this offense right. uh, he's only got 108 carries so far this season. Um, Came in late, but you know nothing special uh, so far. The guy runs hard and strong, and he's a load to bring down. And you're going to have to bring him down. But it kind of gets into the fact that how this defensive front seven bringing down Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson, but mainly Brian Robinson on the first on the on the you know right there. They don't don't let him break tackles. The yards after contact is going to be big for the Falcons defense. But I hope 97. I think 97 is going to feast on Sunday afternoon because this game is in November, mm-hmm. but you're playing for January on Sunday. Sure are. That's, that's, that is very true. And it's not just for the division. Like we like we mentioned on Monday, this is a huge matchup. Not only because you want to stay and keep pacing the division, maybe games from ground in the division, depending on what Tampa Bay does. But this is also a huge game because if you look at the wild card standings, Tampa Bay is right in front of you. Literally. They are the team that's right above you. So this is a game. Well, yeah, (laughs) Washington is uh, right in front of you as well. So this is a huge game, again, to keep pace with Tampa Bay. And right in front of you is the Washington Commanders. So this is a huge game if you want to stay, keep pace in the wild card and maybe jump in front of a team for that wild card spot. And if you want to keep pace in the division as well. So just a huge game all around when we talk about the postseason. Real quick, 
to get into my second matchup before we move on to keys to the game. All right, so it looks like AJ Terrell is, is good to go, and he's pretty much back in his full form. I was a little nervous last week because I was just hoping he didn't come back maybe a week too soon with the hamstring, but he seems to be just fine from, from everything I see. And I don't I believe he wasn't on the injury report at all this week. So his I think it's pretty much safe to say that AJ is back to as 100 percent as you can be. No one's truly 100 percent at this time of the at this time of the year. But anywho, I'm gonna be looking at AJ Terrell versus Scary Terry. Because to be honest with you, Scary Terry is really the only receiver that scares me, Terry McLaurin. I know Curtis Samuel, they like to use Curtis Samuel in a couple of different ways. He did have his first rushing touchdown of the year last game against the Texans. But the only really weapon I'm scared of as far as in the passing game is Scary Terry. He's the only one that's scary. I, I don't I don't I don't fear any of the other Washington receivers. So if AJ Terrell can be the number one corner that he has been this year. I think this is going to be a great day for the Falcons defense because if, you know, if everybody else who's been doing their job can just do their job, Isaiah Oliver, D. Alford, um, uh, why, why am I, Darren Hall, if those guys can just do their job and, you know, cover the guys that honestly I, I don't fear that much, I think we should be okay because, and if that back end can hold up a little bit longer than it usually can, that's going to help out the pass rush even more. That's going to help out Big Grady Jarrett. And we're going to hear more, you shall not pass from Dave Archer. So if A.J. Terrell can just lock down Scary Terry, I think that could be a good day uh, for the secondary and in part a good day for the defensive line as well because, again, that secondary can hold up just a little bit longer, give those guys up front an extra second or two, an extra beat or two to get home on Taylor Heineke. That'll pay real big dividends for the Falcons. No, absolutely. You want to make him hold the ball and keep him. You know, look, this is a lot. When it comes to Heineke, you want to. They're not going to run him the way that um, Chicago mm -hmm. ran Justin Fields. It's just not. It's not his strong suit. But he yeah. is a. But his strong suit is being a guy who will get the ball. He'll 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 throw the ball into trouble. Yep. He's not afraid. Nope. He's got a little bit of a gunslinger mentality, but he's also a leader on this offense. And one of the things that he's done a good job against Atlanta in his career is keeping plays alive. This is a guy in his career against Atlanta who has played pretty well. In two games, these guys completed 56 of 86 for over almost 600 yards with four touchdowns. But he's also thrown picks. And he's also done some damage. I want to give you a stat. In I think he's played four or five games this year. He's ran the ball 20 times for 62 yards. Um, Justin Fields, in comparison, last week ran it 18 times. Wow. For 85 yards. Wow. But against Atlanta twice, one last year, and then mm -hmm. where he um, he ran the ball five times last year for 43 yards against us. But in his career, he's got eight carries for 76 yards against Atlanta. Yeah. That's not counting sacks. Guys. Right. So that being said – He's been effective with his legs against us once with Carolina and then, and then obviously that. So, so that he's definitely a guy you got to pay attention to. You got to, and you want to bottle up, make him pat the ball and give your time defense to get home. And you also might, he might get impatient while he's patting the ball and throw it yeah. in trouble. He's got four interceptions on the year already. Um, so that, and, and just a comparison, he is being started. He's now starting over a guy 
who was mm-hmm. hurt and then came back, who had 10 touchdowns and six picks. So mm-hmm. Wentz has done a better job in some ways of taking care of the ball and in uh, and, and, and more opportunities. So that's how much they believe right now in the, in the momentum they have with Taylor Heineke. Yeah, I mean, four and one. The commanders are with Taylor Heineke as the starter in these last five games. So they definitely do believe in the momentum. And they, like you said, they have gotten the big win against the Philadelphia Eagles and gave the Eagles their first loss of the season. And, you know, like I said, I was at that game. So that was kind of rough for Eagles fans and myself, too, because, you know, I'm the boyfriend of Eagles fans. So anyway, um, Taylor Heineke, though, he is like you said, he's more of a. He's more of a play extender. He's not going to look to necessarily run. He's going to more look so to run around to extend plays and still throw the ball down the field. But like you gave that stat, he will run on the Atlanta Falcons, and he has had some success running the ball. So the one thing that I saw last week, and you touched on this too on Monday, the one thing I saw last week that I was promising for the Falcons is sometimes they would – um, Dave Archer called it a mush rush where they kind of surrounded Jalen Fields in the pocket and they kind of collapsed the pocket down on him so he couldn't get outside and run around and extend plays. The Falcons kind of caved in on where he was so he couldn't go anywhere. So hopefully we can get some more of that going this week against Taylor Heineke and kind of do the same thing. And he should be, like you said, on Monday, easier to bring down because, you know, Justin Fields is a big boy. Taylor Heineke ain't as big as Justin Fields, so hopefully we can bring him down a little bit easier than we brought down Jalen Fields because we have four sacks. We could have made it seven, so hopefully we, we we get those seven against Taylor Heineke, and if we bring Taylor Heineke down seven times, I'm feeling pretty good about our chances to come home with a W. But let's go ahead and get into our keys to the game, Bo Morgan. Since I made you go first on the last one, I'll go first on, on the keys to the game. All right, key number one for me is going to be you have to stop the run of the Washington Commanders. You touched on it earlier. This 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 Commanders offense like you said is pedestrian at best. They're uh off, they're the 16th best rushing team uh in the league when it comes to rushing offense. And you know, Brian Robinson, he's good. I don't I'm not sure if Antonio Gibson was on the injury report. I can't remember. He it doesn't like he was on the injury report for the uh commander. So Antonio Gibson looks like he's gonna be a part of things as well. Um, but you gotta bring these guys down. Like you said, tackling is gonna be very important. Don't let them get easy yards after the contact and even making big plays to to put them behind the line because there were some plays last week where you could have gotten guys behind the line and they broke a tackle and they, maybe they still only get a yard or two, but that's a big difference from putting them behind the chains and putting them behind schedule and them actually gaining a yard or two. There's a big difference there. So, you know, making the big plays, making the tackles for loss when you can is going to be very important. And, of course, we want Taylor Heineke having to throw the ball around. We want him to, to try and air it out. We want him to try and go gunslinger because guess what? Like you said, he's not that great when it comes to taking care of the ball and he's going to throw you the ball. And with this, you know, op, uh, opportunistic defense, the Atlanta Falcons have, I know the numbers don't look that great right now, but guess what? They make plays when they need to make plays. And best believe if you put the ball near, uh, if you put the ball in danger around these Atlanta Falcons, they're going to scoop up that ball. I mean, They've got they've gotten a pretty good amount of takeaways this year, uh, you know. So if uh, 
if a Washington commander wide receiver tips the ball up in the air, you know, Jalen Honkers or Richie Grant might be there. If you if you throw a ball into bad coverage, you know, A.J. Terrell, Darren Hall, somebody like that, they're going to pick that ball off. So this has been in a pretty opportunistic defense uh, for the Atlanta Falcons. And I want Taylor Heineke trying to uh, be a be a gunslinger. I'm totally fine with that. But to do that, you have to stop the running. You have to make them throw the ball. Uh, you have to show them that, you know, running the ball is not going to work for you. You got to make them air it out. So stopping the run is definitely going to be a big key for me. Yeah, I mean, stopping the run is is pretty much a a, a key to winning in the NFL. Right. Uh, and, and you're right. You know, one of the things you touched on, and I want to expand briefly, is there, mm-hmm. there are offenses that are – no offense wants to be behind schedule. No. But there are offenses that are built – that they can overcome those things. Right. I think down if when Tampa Bay is rolling, I think with those with that receiving core and the guy that they have at the helm, maybe not now the offensive line right now is not in a in a spot, but Tampa Bay is an offense in the past that they can get out of those things. Chicago was an offense you faced last week, Carolina two weeks ago. Um, those are offenses that aren't built to get behind the mm-hmm. chains. So if you get them behind the chains, it's important that you get off the field. Right. This is another offense that's not built to get off the field when you get them in third and second and long. Um, mm-hmm. Logan Thomas, Terry McLaurin uh, are, are two guys. Now, Jahan Dotson is a guy who's a rookie. He's uh, he's not had a huge impact so far. He does have four touchdowns on the year, mm-hmm. but he's only got 14 catches. He's a guy that kind of worries me because he's a guy that gets in space and he can he can, uh, he can can cause trouble. At least that's the way he was at Penn State. Honestly, haven't watched a lot right. of him this year, not going to lie. <laughs> I'm busy on Sundays when Washington plays most of their games. I did watch that 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 beatdown of the Eagles they had where they covered for me and uh, they covered it against you know. So I I I, get, I think I'm like three or four games ahead of Chris now uh, on the other side of the glass in our picks, which means a bottle of bourbon's coming my yeah. way. The bottle of bourbon is basically yours, about right about now. Well, no, I gotta <laughs> I gotta finish. I gotta close out strong. Starting Monday night, got to put another game together. Get another you know another and then Monday and I, I could I think I could close it out if I could win two more. Uh, I won two in a row. If I could win two more in a row, um, and, and maybe he's again he's on the opposite side. Definitely, I, I, I've probably with the holidays coming, I've probably um, done enough to secure a victory. Squid Although Billy's the last thing I probably need down to a bottle of bourbon. What's that? I said Squid Billy's magic number is down to two. Well, I, that's in exact math. We'd have to get yeah. a, 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 a a judge's ruling on that. But yeah. <laughs> that being said. Um, you talked about the you know the matchup for the run game. To me, excuse me, the key is is to stop the run. You know, I'd like to say the key would be to to, to run the ball for the Falcons, which is pretty easy. Yeah. I need to get Drake London going. I need to get Alamde yeah. Zacchaeus going. I need yeah. to get Kyle Pitts is out. You know, I got to figure out what we got, but I need to get my short passing attack going. I want to mm-hmm. get. I want to get what I a key to me is going tempo early. And getting some, getting move the ball downfield early, um, and 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 using tempo to get these guys wear these guys down. Yes. I want these big guys caught in, in 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 what they think would be running situations, and I want to be able to throw it against them. So to me, uh, a key to this game is using tempo, using tempo to nullify these big space eaters. We saw them do it a little bit late against Carolina and it helped in the second half and it helped you kind of get to the, some points. So a key for me is go out here and lean on these big space eaters, get them on the field, keep them all, keep them in on tempo and wear these guys down early. So you can take advantage of that late. 
No, I definitely agree with that. You you want and we've seen the Atlanta Falcons have success when they go tempo. You we see Marcus Mariota is comfortable in that kind of offense. And honestly, he he, he kind of thrives in that kind of offense. So going tempo is something I would love to see the Atlanta Falcons do on a consistent basis, including in this game against the commanders as well. Because one, like you said, you get those big guys on the other side tired. And it doesn't allow them to substitute either. So, so not only do they get tired, they got to stay out there while they're tired. And that bodes well for any offense. And it could bode well for the Atlanta Falcons offense. So on my key, my next key, I think um, you're going to have to limit big plays of, I mean, this kind of obvious too, but you're going to have to limit big plays of the Washington Commanders. And I say that because they have big play guys. And like you said, Dotson and obviously Terry McLaurin, they, those are guys that they like to get down the field. They like to go deep. So you keep things in front of you. Don't let Scary Terry Dawson get behind you. And you limit the big plays because that is one thing that, that can that can easily get you beat. While this offense is pretty pedestrian, Taylor Heineke does still have a he does have a pretty good arm. And you don't want him throwing behind you and taking deep shots over the thing. And you know, with them being at home, you don't want the crowd to get into it too much. You you don't want those quick hits on on offense for the commanders and you know, kind of deflating that defense. So I feel like the more plays you make um, the commanders run, obviously you want to get three and outs, but if they do on drives, I feel like the more plays you, you, you have them make, I think the better because it, it, it betters your opportunity for Taylor Heineke and that offense to, to make a mistake. So don't let them connect any deep shots and uh, keep everything in front of you. So I think that's going to be a big key as well, because I think that's something we might see them try to do, is uh say, take a couple of shots early. So make sure you uh you're on your P's and Q's in the back end and you don't give up any deep shots, especially early on in the football game. Yeah, I mean, I think we got it pretty covered. The only thing I could mm-hmm. add is a key and 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 again another simplistic key is just take care of the ball. Yes. Don't put the ball on the ground. It, it, there's a chance it's gonna I was looking at the weather earlier. Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna be like sixty degrees, but it's gonna well, that's the high mm-hmm. on Sunday. Mm-hmm. But it looks like a hundred percent chance of rain or the last time I I checked. I was, I was checking not for this podcast. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I was checking selfishly because I'll be there and I want to know how to dress. Um, you know, those carry on bags aren't very big and you can only fit so much, but if I'm not mistaken, the stadium's in Landover right now, we got a high of 60 with a low of 43 with a hundred percent chance of rain. That's what I'm looking at right now. That's what I'm gonna, that's so, so, you know, Raining, we just played in a rain game. We didn't protect the ball. It was sloppy. We slipped. We had some issues. Protect the football. Play a clean game and uh, get out of there with a W, which leads me to go to you on, I guess we've got to do Dylan's deciding factor next, right? Yes, and I have one for you because uh, you you talked about, and obviously the Falcons lost two two fumbles uh, last game. and So, like you said, they have to play better. But one thing that I think is going to be crucial in this football game i mean you, you said you want to see more drake london i want to see drake london be dominant in this game and that doesn't necessarily mean he has to catch every single ball make every single touchdown but i need to see him winning winning blocking winning on your routes creating separation which he has done some people are trying to say he hasn't he has created separation and he and he wins 50 50 balls but I need Drake London to be a dominant wide receiver one this week. Drake, this is your chance to prove a lot of doubters, which you still have. This is a chance to prove them wrong. 
Show them exactly who you are. Show them exactly who you can be. Be that dominant wide receiver one. Kyle Pitts is gone. You are now definitely, most definitely, the number one target. Go out there and show them why you deserve to be that number one target. So I definitely want to see Drake London go out there and be dominant. And if he can, I think that bodes well for the Atlanta Falcons. So if we see uh, Drake London out there making some nice contested catches, some good blocks, I just want to see... And I know the the commander's defense is already gonna give him uh, give him that respect, um, but but I I want I want that Washington commander defense to be so caught up on Drake London that you know it opens things up for other players. I want to see that from Drake London. I want to see that kind of dominance from Drake London. So you got to go out there and make plays for that to happen. So you know catching the 50-50 balls, winning your one on one matchups, you know maybe getting some yak. But I really want to see Drake London be dominant, and I think. If we get a dominant Drake London, which I feel like we we, we have gotten in, uh, some games, then I think it's going to be a really good game for the Atlanta Falcons because this is a big game for him. First game, not having Kyle Pitts there, too, to kind of take some pressure off of him. Uh, this this is going to be, I think, a good test for for Drake London. So, Well, we haven't even mentioned Cordero Patterson. We, we haven't. That's true. We haven't. And, which should I don't know why how I missed that being a key that they need to get Cordero going. Yeah, but I think passing. you're right. I love what you're saying. And I think the one thing I would add to it is Cordero Patterson taking on a little bit more of a role in the passing game and helping right. Drake. Look, mm-hmm. Marcus is going to have to do something. And now, now I'm going to get – now you've wound me back up. But Marcus is going to have to do something where he struggled at. Mm-hmm. I don't need Marcus pressing with the ball in his hands. Right. But what I do need him to do – is be a little more, but not to be super safe either. Be a little willing to okay. put your guy out to bat yeah. and let him go make what made him a, a, a first overall, well, not the first overall, but the first pick in the draft for the Falcons, eighth yeah. overall. What made him that was his ability to go up, make contested catches. Right. So yeah, I want to see Drake get a chance for some of those contested catches. They have We have not seen a lot of down-the-field stuff with him. Part of that is because he's not really a guy that's a burner. He's he's a he's a, he's kind of more like a Michael Thomas. Yeah. So, but I want to see him get a chance to go up and make some contested catches, maybe even in the red zone. But yeah, Drake London, it could be a you know this guy's got almost forty catches in his rookie year, uh, four hundred yards with four touchdowns. Let's make it. Let's get him his first hundred yard game. Yep. Let's get him to forty five. I think six for a hundred with a touchdown. I think the Falcons win. I'm with you. Uh, yes, I if, if we if we see that stat line from Drake London, I, I'm willing to bet a lot of money that uh, that the Falcons get the uh, victory. So there you go. That's Dylan's deciding factor. Want to see Drake London uh, make some big plays and uh, really be dominant on Sunday. But you made a good point though, Cordero Patterson. He could definitely help out in in uh, in the passing game. And, and you said it on Monday too, where Cordero Patterson can you know kind of take take over some of that uh, some of the things that Kyle Pitts did in the passing game so we'll see if that happens on Sunday as well but Bo it's that time it's that time to give our score predictions and uh what we think is going to happen on Sunday so without further ado Squid Billy what's your score prediction uh you know I've been struggling with this one uh I think this is going to be a I think this game's going to has the potential to be a lot like last week. Yeah. Um, a you. lot like last week. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe last week we won um, 
27 to 24, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. Uh, I think it's going to be even closer. I think this is going to be 27, 26 Falcons. Mm. I think we're going to get in a situation a lot like, honestly, I think it could end a lot like last week. We get in a late game situation uh, down. Uh, this week, I think we'll be down. I think we'll mm. be down 26, 24. And I think we find a way to put a few, a few plays together late and kind of play that four-minute offense. You know, the, I say the four-minute offense, which is normally a run-the-clock-out offense, but I think right. it's gonna, you're going to go into your four-minute offense down with the ball, and you're going to leave them with not enough time left as Young Way wins one in a sloppy, sloppy day in uh, at FedEx Field or whatever. It used to be FedEx Field, whatever the hell it's called now, a dump in Landover <laughs> is what I call it. And we're going to go in there and – for the Squidbilly is two and zero at the dump in Landover, and I, let's, let's, play, let's let's continue the winning streak. Let's make it yes. three for three, and everyone knows that um, the number three is a magic number in the Squid household. Earnhardt, R.I.P. Falcons win. I win my third <laughs> for the third time in a visit to sloppy Landover, the dump. And actually, I think no. The this will be the second game I've seen there that's been in the sloppy conditions with the rain. I was there in twelve oh. when uh, Spoon, my boy Spoon, knocked Robert Griffin out. John and, uh, Spoon. And then, um, yeah, and he did that. He was like, <laughs> I love Spoon. That's my boy, man. That's a, that's a, yeah. that's one of the best dudes you'll ever meet. Really love getting to know that guy uh, in his time uh, in Atlanta. But anyways, that's twenty seven, twenty six Falcons. I'm with you on there. I think I think too it could be I think it could maybe even be a little high a more high scoring, but I definitely think it's gonna be a back and forth affair like it was last week. I'm gonna go 29-28 Falcons, and I think the defense is gonna come out. I think we're gonna score late, put us up, and uh, probably another late field goal. And I think it's gonna be the defense again, gonna have to close things out. And I think Taylor Hockney's going to throw us a pick. I think it's going to be, uh, like you said, a lot similar to last week. I think it's going to be kind of the same closing sequence as last week. So we'll see. Bo says 20. You said 26 to 27 or 25 to 26. What'd you say again? 20. I, 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 what, what score did you say? I, I, I said 27, 26. Falcons. 27, 26. Okay. I got 29, 28. Bo has 27, 26 Falcons. So things are going to be a back and forth affair. Things are going to be a pretty high scoring affair. As well, we will find out. Don't, don't forget, don't forget. Huh? This is a this is a game, and now Vegas is very good. Yeah. Vegas has us. Uh, they had us as four and a half on Wednesday. Okay, uh, yeah. let's see if the if the number is moved. Right. Um, a BetQL is what I go with, mm-hmm. and uh, they now have us as four. So the number is coming down. Ooh. I was locked in at four and a half, but that that they're they're coming down. So that so there's something going, you know, they, 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 maybe that could just be the money's on Atlanta. Right. Sometimes we'll alter the spread or there was, you know, there's a lot of money in Washington. And so there, so, there, so you know, they have it at four. And we saw yesterday that um, all, I think all the underdogs won yesterday. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, no, no. Uh, the only one that didn't was Minnesota. Oh, okay. Um, but the Giants were a nine and a half point underdog. Um the, the the New England was like a two and a half point underdog and and, and Minnesota won uh, outright on that. But um and the Detroit was nine and a half 
point uh, underdog as well. So, so that the, the Vegas missed a few. So, yeah, I'm going. Yeah, I think uh, down this down to four. I think the Fal- you know the Falcons win. We both think the Falcons win. We both think they yeah. cover. This is a playoff. Yeah. Make no mistake about it. This is a this is a playoff game to both yeah. teams. Yes, most definitely a playoff game for both teams. So we'll see how it shapes out, as they like to say on Dukes and Bell that uh, that line right there for Vegas is what, what they call a developing story. So we will see how it uh, shakes out. But make sure you guys like this podcast, download the podcast, subscribe to Peace Street Football wherever you get your podcast. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast. Peace Street Football is there. Uh, don't get any fights today while you're Black Friday shopping. You know, if somebody grabs a, some some Beats headphones or a PlayStation 5 before you, just let them have it. You know, you, you always got Cyber Monday. So don't get any fights today while you're Black Friday shopping. Be safe, Black Friday shopping. Squid, are you doing any Black Friday shopping? Are you are you going out anywhere and buying anything up? No, I'm going to Lowe's to buy some needed things, and then I'm coming home, and uh, I'm going to go to uh, – um, up to the the clubhouse that I've got some buddies, uh, and we're gonna go up there and watch um, the USA do what they do, and that's beat down England every time. I mean, we're, if we're not rescuing England, we're beating them down. So go America. <laughs> there you go. I don't I don't know any any way other way to perf- uh, any other perfect way to end that. So good luck today to the USA against England in the world in their second World Cup game, and. Uh, Till we talk to you guys next time. Oh, oh, oh. Peace.